0: Once again, welcome to The Lowdown with the Chelan County Sheriff's Office. With Chelan County Sheriff Brian Burnett, I'm your host, Randy Rhodes. Thursday, June sixteenth, 2022. Sheriff, welcome. Always good to be reporting. Hey, Brian, you know, to start things off, we have some very good news, an event that could have been very tragic. And this turned into a commendation for one of your deputies.
1: Yeah, that deputy is Aaron Seabright who started his career with our office in July of 2005. He's uh, been on a lot of different specialty teams over the course of time. He has been a search and rescue member, also a, an active SWAT team member over the over the years. Um, but he's our current uh, Force Service deputy, but had responded on, uh, it was May 28. Responded to a call up in the Plain area, uh, Wenatchee River, um, two kayakers. Uh, had flipped over in the water and and they were not seen and there was some concern about them Uh, he was able to get into the area and it was interesting because talking to aaron about this story he said as i was pulling in he remembered someone telling him in the past if you think you've gone too far you need to go further and then we're talking about river rescues because you're fighting the response, a delayed time response with the current of a river. So, because if you if you keep, you got to get in front of them. So it means you got to get downstream, right? Uh, to make sure that you you had adequate position. And he said, and he thought to himself, I'm gonna, I, I need to remember that and use that technique. And he went a little further, ended up coming up just perfect. I ended up with an adult female uh, out in the river. And I believe that she was on a rock or something, hanging onto a rock. Uh, and you gotta remember this, this water is extremely cold and uh, you, you can't stay in this water for long and survive. And, uh, Aaron was able to deploy his, uh, uh, we call a throw bag rope. It's got a, a river or water rescue rope, uh, and it's positioned in a bag where you throw or, you know, sling it across he said he had to dip it in the water. I think it gives it a little bit of weight, uh, and basically said, listen, um, you need to, we need to get this right. Um, if you don't get this rope based on the position she was at, you're going to die. And that's not something, you know, Randy would normally want to say, but I think he needed to point out the importance of the situation, um, that the, this is a serious situation here and I need you to pay attention and be alert. Um, so we can safely rescue you out. He was able to make that throw the first time, uh, which was an amazing in itself, was able to secure that rope on her and it was able to get her to the shore. But with the current and the way that uh, Deputy Seabright tells this story is that, you know, he's out on a log. He's got the victim in one hand. They're fighting the current, and he's holding himself onto the log with the other hand. He's trying to, his uh, radio mic is like right in this area of his tactical vest. He's trying to report back to others because he needs help. He can't, managed to get her in by himself. He's just basically holding on and keeping her static in one position, fighting that current and she's in the cold water. Um, and he's able to hold on to her, report uh, his approximate location until uh, Sergeant Jason Reinfeld showed up on scene. And I heard somebody say, I heard Deputy Sebright's voice on the radio that day and he, he this is a person that is always cool, calm and collect. and you can tell the urgency that he was fighting physically. Um, you know, straining uh, that current, that person in the water, uh, and and they knew that it was time they needed to get there as fast as possible. So they were able to get there, get her pulled out of the water, and I know that they reported back that later on her her core temperature was reported at 90 degrees just in that time frame. So this was a this is a great great rescue, uh, a great outcome. Uh, the victim, uh, this person, is, a you know was rescued and didn't become you know, another statistic for a river drowning. Uh, you know,
0: Brian, talking about core temperatures, you say 90, that's perilously dangerous.
1: Oh, that's, that's, that's really getting down there. And and I think the victim, the the female she knew at the time that she needed to get warmed up. Uh, and, and, and I think Aaron said, she even referenced uh, trying to have him hug her. And he's like, I, you know, he's got all his gear on. There's it's really hard for that to do, but they were able to get her, you know, some help right away, but it was good. It was a great outcome. Um, but this, this deputy definitely risked his life to do that, going out uh, right on the edge of the river on that log, all he could do to, to hold on and, and manage that situation. And so we're, we're very pleased. It also brought up the the topic of going back and um, addressing the issues. Do we have current what we call whitewater river rescue equipment for all of our staff in their cars? And in the past, I can remember years ago when I first started working with the Sheriff's office, if you were working out in what we called our West area, Cashmere, leavenworth because of the Wenatchee and Icicle Rivers, um, they would issue you a helmet, a throw bag, and a life jacket. Uh, and that's not something that we've always done for all of the different deputies. But you just don't know where you're going to be working. And you could go and respond anytime, anywhere uh, for any situation. So we're looking at uh, producing some funding uh, to get all of our staff equipped that is on the patrol side to make sure they have all of that equipment in their vehicle at all
0: times. Well, thanks for that, Sheriff Burnett. And also, uh, let's talk about this letter of commendation and really recognizing other deputies as well.
1: Right. So, Deputy Sebright, we we recognized him last week with this letter of commendation and and, and bringing it to the attention of uh, our staff and and other people. And, and showing our appreciation directly towards him. But I think it goes without saying, we must recognize the men and women that do uh, a lot of these different types of search and rescues, uh, whether they're planned or unplanned for people, whether it's our hangled rescue rope team, our search and rescue team, or even our air support team that are going out on a regular basis and rescuing and risking their lives on a, on a daily basis for so many different people, um, I think they de- deserve an accom- accommodation as well, and, and, and we just need to recognize them.
0: Brian, a very strange event yesterday, Wednesday the fifteenth. Actually, last evening, a bomb threat at the county courthouse campus. What was that? What was that all about? Well, what we didn't know at the time, but a call came in.
1: Uh, to the clerk's office for superior court saying that there was a, they'd left a bomb in superior court. Uh, and so we have to take those things seriously. And so uh, they moved to uh, standard procedure of evacuation, all of the, what we call the L and J, the law and justice buildings. Uh, and so we were able to, which is the old district courthouse side, and then the newer construction of the jail, Uh, superior courts, um, prosecutor's office, and the sheriff's office. Again, remember the jails in that as well. And so as they proceed to do that, uh, to get the the employees out, and then the jail made significant and quick actions to get all of the inmates moved over to a a secure location uh, that was away from what we would consider uh, in the danger area. And so that took a lot of, a lot of help. I just want a big shout out to Wenatchee PD, the, the jail staff, and a lot of our uh, Chelan County firefighters that helped cordon off the area. They had to block off the, the block of Washington Street uh, and as, as employees patiently waited. I'm sure there were lots of phone calls coming in to the courthouse and in many different departments uh, for assistance and no one there to answer the phone. Um, but what we did, we, we used our campus security along with some of the sheriff's office staff and some jail staff waited for the Washington state patrol bomb team with their bomb detecting dogs to get on scene. And that took just, you know, two and a half, three hours for them to respond because they're coming from all across the state and uh, do their search, clear it out. And then by that time uh, the jail had to work on getting uh, all the inmates moved back over. I think their population is around 130, And I I was just reflecting back and, and I was talking to the jail director Chris Sharp uh, alongside the the street when they were doing that, being thankful that the population wasn't at 300. It was, wasn't that many years ago that they ran a regular population of over 300 inmates. That would have been quite the task to do so. I guess in this sense, Randy, and I'll get to what, what actually caused the event and, and, the, and the outcome of that. Um, in this case, there was no bomb. It was just a threat, a hoax, uh, but it was a great practice scenario because Uh, these things don't happen often. And when they do, it's kind of out of the norm. People can kind of get frozen in time, not sure what to do, how to respond, how to act to get things moving swiftly and quickly um, so everyone can be kept safe. But it's a great practice run uh, in case there was a real live scenario event and we actually, time was of the essence. But the bottom line, what happened here was you had an individual that had a court hearing in Superior Court at 1.30. I believe it was for an assault third charge, and I believe the uh, all indications this person was probably under the influence of an, uh, illegal substances. Decided they uh, did not want to show for court, wanted a reason to come back and, and cancel court, I guess unofficially, uh, and place that call. When Antioch PD did a very swift and thorough investigation got right on this and we were able to make an arrest on that. So I want to say thanks to everyone, Wenatchee PD for the work that they did for this and was able to make an arrest. So now that person will be going before superior court
0: on, on much more than just uh, <laughs> uh, the, the original charges. Well, you know, um, Wenatchee police captain Edgar Reinfeld told me that they had contacted uh, the suspect within three hours how how do they t- track somebody down like that
1: well they were able to trace the number back to a residence on where the phone call was actually placed went back and interviewed and that person there was able to give information on somebody had stopped by asked to use the phone obviously knew who it was uh and then it went from there and then just an attempt to locate out and started probably putting together i don't want to speak on behalf of a uh, you know, Captain Reinfeld or the Wenatchee Police Department, but I suspect what they do is start following up leads of known addresses and such. And then you talk to this person, talk to that person, get a vehicle description. Where were they last known? Who talked to them last? And then you start hitting all areas and uh, everything comes together and uh, very swift and uh, certain uh, arrest on this. Great investigation done by everybody.
0: So this guy was a regular Einstein using a landline to do the, the bomb threat.
1: Well, I, I think that he'd have been much better off just to show up for court, even if he was uh, under the influence of something, but uh, I think the judges uh, should really hand down and and be heavy handed here. When you look at the loss that's happened here um, monetarily, it's huge Uh, from courts being disrupted, juries were uh, in place for uh, on jury trials, uh, you had defense attorneys, you had prosecutors, um, you had all of these other things in place, you have the public that now has been disrupted. Um, if you were to put a price tag on that, I don't think that person could pay that back in, in their lifetime. So I, I'd like to see that the courts actually uh, make an example of this person and hold them fully responsible.
0: Hey, Brian, was there anything else before we get to our public safety tip for the week?
1: No, I mean, just Randy The rain and the the cooler weather just keeps on coming. And um, again, I think we can underestimate uh, uh, what those river ways and the waterways, uh, the, the temperature and the swiftness. And I know this is just, I'm beating the drum. I say it over and over. Don't, don't underestimate and plan and prep and prepare. Uh, and the last thing I'd like to say, in a full blown event like this uh, on this bomb threat, a lot of times people don't know what's going on because we don't have the ability to announce it and have a screen out on the sidewalk other than you see first responders in the area. When you see a large scale event like that, don't let the curiosity get you. Um, Just stay out of that area and tune in uh, to your local radio station or or get onto uh, Facebook pages and, and we'll update uh, people as soon as possible as we can. But a lot of times you get our looky los that want to come in and it just doesn't help the situation. So when you see first responders, uh, I guess just give them a break and uh, give them some space and let time and, uh, and the and the professionals do what they need to do.
0: Thursday, June 16th for the another edition of A Lowdown here with the Chelan County Sheriff's Office and County Sheriff Brian Burnett. Again, Brian, thanks for your time and we'll uh, see you right here next time. Thank you, Randy.